courtesy of the Medina family, we want to wish everybody a happy one, two, three. Happy Easter! I want to send a happy Easter shout out to my peeps at CCF. I can't wait to um, worship and, and fellowship with you guys again and do the Holy Ghost dance up in God's house. <laughs> Hi everyone, Hello. I just want to wish you all a happy Easter, hope everyone is safe and um, we hope to see you guys soon, love you guys, God bless. Hello Calvary. Hi Calvary. Hi Calvary. We want to wish you a happy Resurrection Day since we can't be there with you celebrating and we can't be in church, so be happy with your families. Bye. Happy Resurrection. Happy Resurrection, we love you. Good afternoon, Calvary family. Sydney and Natalie wishing y'all happy Easter. Happy Easter, Calvary. Have a great day. To the Calvary family, bless this day, oh Father God. From the Lopez family, Edwin, Francis, Edwin, and Daniel. God bless you all. Love you, Calvary. Calvary family. Happy Easter. To all, we love you all. We care for you very much. And we are proud to be part of the Calvary family. We miss you and love you. Happy Resurrection Sunday! What a joy it is that the Lord gave his life for us and now he is risen. Happy Resurrection Sunday, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, stay safe and stay woke, y'all. Good morning, Calvary family. Happy Easter from the Maldonado family. And the quote of the day is, on the third day, he resurrected. God bless you. Hi, Pastor Victor, Pastor Gwen, Calvary family, children, everybody else. Happy Easter, Calvary. I miss and love you all. Happy Easter. God bless you all. Love Eli and Denise. This is Pastor Arlene. Happy Easter. God bless you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. From us to you, man. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. God bless everyone. Happy Easter, Calvary family. We love you. Hi Calvary Christian Fellowship family, this is your pastor Victor Nazario and I wanted to welcome you to this year's Easter service. How ironic, today we celebrate that the tomb in which Jesus was buried is now empty. Interesting. However, this is the first time in my lifetime that I also see the church buildings all throughout the United States of America empty also. Amazing. But Think about this. Since Jesus' tomb is empty, that means that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. So even though the church buildings all throughout the United States are empty all around the nation, the church of Jesus Christ is still present. We are gathering together all around the world. Millions upon millions of Christians 
we are coming together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is still full of his presence. The church is still representing Christ our Lord. The church is still on its assignment. The church is still growing because more and more people are coming to saving faith in Christ. So in essence, the church is not empty. It is alive and it's full because Jesus is alive. So come join us today in corporate worship as we gather together from our homes, from our cars, wherever we're at. Let's gather together as a choir of one to worship him who is seated on the throne. And before we get into worship, I wanted to remind you that get on your chat room. Let us know that you're there, that you're present. Let us know how many people are with you. Some of you are coming together with your entire family right in your living room. Let us know. I'm really excited to know that you are with us. And let's get ready to worship our Heavenly Father. Once again, blessed and happy Easter. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. We're, we're moving from death to life. We're moving from darkness to light. We're moving from defeat to victory tonight. Somebody's crossing over from shame to grace tonight. Somebody's moving from fear to faith tonight. Jump up on your feet. Somebody's moving from sorrow to joy tonight.
Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. 
Wow, it was awesome to be able to worship together with the family of God. I can just see all of you in my mind's eye, and I'm just uh, seeing all of us just lifting up our hands in our homes, in our living rooms, wherever we're at. Praise God. And especially in a time like Easter, uh, where pretty much this service is the most attended uh, service throughout the, the entire year, both that and Christmas. But Easter is like the number one service. And today, we're reminded of His love. We're reminded uh, of the goodness of our Heavenly Father. He's a giver. He's the number one giver. And I appreciate that He gave His Son for us. I appreciate His love, His kindness, His goodness. I appreciate that He saved me, that He redeemed me. I appreciate that by His stripes we are healed. I appreciate that He redeemed me by His love and His grace. Hallelujah. And today I just wanted to take out a moment, first and foremost, to continue to chat with you, because, uh, you know, I'm on the side, they're also in the chat room with you, and I want to continue to hear uh, from you guys. If you haven't gone into the chat room yet, make your way there. Let us know that you're there. If you have a prayer request, let us know, because during the week we are praying for these requests, okay? And number two, I also wanted to thank you for your continued faithfulness. It is amazing to me um, that all of us are continuing our disciplines uh, in terms of our serving God, our praying. Uh, it's amazing because we are actually gathering together uh, seven days a week. Uh, we're praying every day. We're reaching out. Uh, the men are having the, their services. The ladies are having their services. The youth, the children are having their services. I am so grateful that we're continuing our disciplines of gathering together, of praying for each other. I'm so, uh, I'm so incredibly happy that Dori is back home. Sister Dori, I know that she had been in the hospital and uh, she was fighting um, some bronchitis there and she's home right now next to her husband, worshiping God. And all of you, I just so, so appreciate that we can gather together. And I wanted also to thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. Uh, the tithes and offerings, we know that, that it's part of our warfare. Um, as we give, the Bible says that God is the one that opens up the windows of heaven and He rebukes the destroyer. Not us. He's the one that does that. Um, you know, he sees our faithfulness in our giving. It's not that he needs our finance because the finance re remains in the earth realm. He just wants to see our heart to make sure that his kingdom is first. And the tithe is something that breaks the spirit of greed because people want more and more. But yet when we give, now we're displaying God's heart. So he tests our heart to make sure that he is first, not fun, not money, not uh, uh you know, fame or fortune. No, he's first. And when he sees our heart is right, then he utilizes us as a conduit. He works in us and through us. And so the tithe and the offering is part of that warfare that we do. We warfare against greed. We warfare against the devil. We warfare against all these things that come against us. So I thank you for your continued faithfulness these last couple of weeks. It is appreciated more than words can say. At the end of the service, I want you to consider as part of of, of our gathering together uh, to make sure that we visit our website, the church website, www.calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org, and go to the area on the top header to the right where it says give or donate. Click in there and we'll be able to give um, our donations, our tithes and offerings through our credit card right there. It's very convenient and we can give. There's also other ways that we can give and uh, Julio will also share it on the screen. And we thank uh, Brother Julio for what he is doing to put together uh, this time, these gatherings, uh, these Zoom meetings. 
these live streamings. Just really, really grateful uh, for him. Grateful for all of you when he asks you for something that you're giving it to him so you could uh, package it together. So thank, thank Julio for that. Uh, I thank also for all of you that are gathering through the week and praying. Minister Cynthia, thank you. All the ladies. Uh, my wife was meeting with the ladies on um, Thursdays. Um, I appreciate Johanna ministering uh, to the children and her team. What an amazing job that they're doing. They're even chatting with each other um, in Marco Polo. It is so wonderful to see the pictures and the videos of the children communicating with each other. I'm meeting with some of the young people also on Mondays. I know Nate and Brenda are also meeting with uh, some of the others. Uh, the ladies are also having their time gathering together uh, with Minister Belinda. So thank you all. And for all of you that are doing uh, uh, you know, some active outreach, we thank you and we're grateful. I know I missed somebody, so please forgive me. <laughs> so let's get back into a time of worship and praise, and I'll see you a little later. Never failed me 
promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never
Um, hi guys, I just wanted to say that I love the message. It meant a lot to me because it, cause it said, because it shows me that I'm going to go up to heaven when I die and it's going to be okay for me. And all of this is going to go blow over really soon because that God died on the cross for all of us and all of our sins. Um, God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Good Friday, Seeds of Life. My cross that I did for the um, lesson that we did today with Johanna, it says Jesus got hit 40 times for us. So the viruses and sicknesses go away. He paid it all for us. Forgive us all. So this represents that Jesus was the one that literally had to sacrifice his whole life just for us so that we wouldn't die on the cross and that Jesus would take away all the viruses and all the sicknesses. I love you, Seeds of Life. Like I said, ha happy good, well, have a great, great Friday. Because if you if you died on the cross, that would not have been good. And he did it all for us. <laughs> Christ would be crucified. They lay him in a tomb, it seemed all hope was truly lost. But the third day came along and brought the rhythm of life. The stone was rolled away, an angel proudly proclaimed, He lives, He lives, Christ is risen. Couldn't see
Matthew chapter 6, it says, Who by worrying can add to their life? Pandemic. Do not worry about tomorrow. Pagans run after these things. National emergency. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My sheets are melting so fast. An interesting fact about humanity is that whatever you feed grows. A financial pandemic. If you feed your faith, it grows. If you feed your fears, they grow. It's all spiral very quickly. It's going to get worse. Some have to live and some have to die. Realize that our time is better spent talking to the Father than getting all worked up and reading and feeding our minds with the news and the media about what everybody is saying about how this is doom and gloom and how money, which we have hoped in, is lost. Hope not in money. Hope in your Father your God, Jesus Christ, your Savior. Have your faith and use it. Walk according to it. Whatever you feed grows. This is the time to press into the church, lean into the church, to be surrounded by God's people. We can offer prayers for one another. We can offer hope to one another. We can speak words of truth to one another. If you feast on the word of God and you renew your minds around the truth, your faith, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you go to the news and you read article after article after quote after talking head and you continue to feed those fears, they grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whatever you feed grows. Today, did you wake up this morning and feast on the word of God and go to him in prayer? Or did you feed your fears? So now let's get into this year's Easter message. I want to entitle it, The Great Reset. The Great Reset. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 8, it reads as follows. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And he sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him, and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, with fear and great joy. And they ran to bring his disciples' word. So they went and they shared immediately. They went to share that which they had received. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's like a reboot. It's like a reset. It's brand new, brand new life, brand new opportunities, brand new relationship, brand new hope, brand new desire, brand new vision. Praise God. Today, as we celebrate that the tomb in which Jesus was buried, uh, or rather, yeah, it was buried, is empty, we realize that Jesus came out of the tomb. He had promised 
that he would die and, and rise again the third day, and he would give us eternal life. And today we have that. Today, this is a completed promise. Today, we have authority in Christ by his word, by virtue of his word. Interesting. Bishop Harry Jackson, who was on our board of U.S. Cal, he said something to us the other day. Uh, it just, you know, blew me away. It was very profound, actually. Simple words, but profound at the same time. Actually, that Hulk Hogan shared. In his Instagram page, it showed Hulk Hogan just resting against or leaning against a wall. And next to the wall, uh, there was a sign that said, I am that I am. And then Hulk Hogan wrote this in his Instagram page. He showed the picture, but then he said this, In three short months, just like he did with the plagues of Egypt, God has taken away everything we worship. God said, well, you want to worship athletes? I'll shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I'll shut down civic centers. You want to worship actors? I'll shut down theaters. You want to worship money? I'll shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? Well, I'll make it where you can't go to church. Then he quoted this from 2 Chronicles 7.14, this oft-quoted verse, very, very quoted in this day. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It was Hulk Hogan that quoted this. Then he goes on to finish by saying this, Maybe we don't need a vaccine. Maybe what we need to take this time is have a time of isolation from the distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus on the only thing in this world that really matters. Jesus. Wow. That was Hulk Hogan. It's a powerful statement, people, written by somebody who knows a thing or two about fame or fortune. He knows what his real fortune is, his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So in Matthew chapter 28, it reveals what happened first when Jesus rose again. In verse 1, it said, On the third day, when Jesus rose from the grave, uh, the ladies, two of the ladies, had come to see the tomb. But instead, they saw an awesome sight. There was an angel of the Lord literally sitting on the door that he had just rolled away, and the tomb was empty. The angel declared to them, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, as he said. So come and see the place quickly where the Lord lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Indeed, he's going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. These ladies did not expect to hear this news that the angel declared to them. They just simply didn't. They were just there wanting to pay their respects to this great leader. So we know that because in verse 8 it says, They went quickly from that place with fear and great joy, and they ran to bring his disciples' word. See, they didn't expect it. So they were amazed. They were astounded. So with fear and great joy, they went quickly and shared it with the disciples. So, several quick things that the angel confirmed. Number one, he confirmed that indeed he had been crucified, and this was a recognized action in heaven. For an angel to come and declare it, he was crucified. This was important. This was important in the heavenlies. And the angel, yes, he confirmed that in fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. 
And number two, he said, he has risen. Take a look at the empty tomb. He rose the third day, just as he had said to you beforehand. And number three, go and let everybody know that he is alive. So the first thing, he had been crucified. Jesus himself had become the Lamb of God to take upon himself the sins of the world. In John 1.29, when the prophet saw Jesus coming, this says, John, behold, or rather, John saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He called them the Lamb of God. And you know, in the Old Testament, they would slay a lamb for the sins of Israel each and every year. But this time, he was the Lamb of God, and he was going to be slain once and for all for all of humanity. In John chapter 7, verses 13 through 17, it says, The apostle John saw this in a vision, in a vision in the book of Revelation. It says, One of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And so he said to me, These are the ones who come out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they're before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is on the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Isn't that amazing? In the Old Testament, when David considered the, the, the shepherd, the head shepherd in uh, Psalms 23, he said that he's the one that leads us to the still waters. And here we see in the book of Revelation, the Lamb himself leading us to fountains of water. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So because of the sacrifice that Jesus uh, uh, did uh, on our behalf, he took our sin. He bore our sin. So when we come to him and receive him as Lord and Savior, he takes that sin upon himself. He eradicates it. He expunges it from us. And in turn, he gives us his righteousness. We become the righteousness of God. We sing a song often. It says, you've turned my morning into dancing. Morning, uh, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, like a suffering uh, for a big loss, a terrible loss. We mourn when we lose a loved one. Well, he turns our mourning into dancing, into celebration. He took our sin, and he gives us the righteousness of God. So when God sees us, he sees us like the Lord Jesus. In the same way he sees the Lord Jesus righteous before him. The second thing, he is risen. The angel told the ladies, he is risen. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised them from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, all power, might, and dominion, that in the name, or that, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Note, he said, far above 
everything, every principality, every power, far above every plague. He rules above everything. So during this time where we see so much uncertainty, one thing we could be sure of, Jesus is seated on the throne, and He is our rock, and He rules above everything. Everything has to submit under His feet, including plagues, including dominions, powers, principalities, issues, worries, everything. It all has to, it's all submitted under His feet. He is greater than everything. Hallelujah. And, and I rejoice in that. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 4 on, it says, But God was rich in mercy because of His great love which with He loved us. See, it, it took great love for Jesus to die on the cross. Even His great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So according to the scriptures, even though we're here in this earth realm, in terms of our authority and the power that works in us, we are seated in heavenly places together with Christ Jesus. Oh my God, what a love, what a grace. That power that raised Jesus from the dead has also made us alive and has raised us up together in heavenly places with Christ. And then the last thing the angel told the ladies to do is to share what had happened. Share it. And that's what we do today. We share the good news. We share the gospel. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, all the people uh, in the world, it is the power of God to salvation. When we share the good news, it leads people to salvation. It's not the bad news, it's the good news, it's the gospel. And when the angel uh, told these ladies, go and share this good news with your brethren, with the disciples, they went right away, they were excited. When they caught a revelation, said, hold on, what Jesus said is actually true. He said he would come back the third day, and indeed, he's back. And he's going to meet us again, he's coming before us, and he's going to meet us. They were blown away by that. They were so excited. They went and they shared this information, this revelation, this good news, this gospel with everybody. And we should all, in this season especially, be excited to share the gospel with everybody, especially now that so many people are worried what's going to happen to their future, what's going to happen to them. They're worried. They don't know. Everything around them is like quicksand. The things they trusted in, like Hulk Hogan said earlier, the things that they trusted in has failed them. Money has failed them. Fame and fortune has failed them. Uh, uh, governmental systems has failed them. Uh, vaccines have failed. All these things that we normally traditionally trust in have failed. And something that we cannot even see in the natural has affected the entire world within weeks. They're going, oh my God, could this, could this be happening? And yes, it is happening. But we should let them know Look at Jesus. He is the rock. He gives us certainty. He gives us His love, His grace, His favor. He died for us on the cross. That's good news. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, uh, the Apostle Paul said this to the people in the Corinthians uh, church. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. See, this revelation that he was about to remind them, they are saved, and they stand in that 
which is, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. It says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He died for our sins. He died for your sin. He died for my sin according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in Acts chapter 16, 31, the apostles told the people in the prison, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So this is a day where people are saying, oh my God, I've been trusting in things and they have all failed me. But the Lord Jesus will never fail you. He showed his love to all of humanity. And that happened 2,000 years ago. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for us letting us know that He loves us, letting us know that He is here with us. Have you come to saving faith in Christ yet? Acts chapter 10, verses 8 on, says, What does it say? The Word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture has said, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek, and that by that it meant the whole world, anybody. It doesn't make a difference who you are or where you come from, what nationality you are. There is no distinction. For the same Lord, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. If you call upon Him today, He is rich toward you. He's gracious. He's loving. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And notice, earlier it said, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. So it's not just a thing of saying, yeah, yeah, I believe. I believe uh, in the Bible. That's not enough. We have to confess it. We have to confess it before our friends. We have to confess it before the principalities and powers, the angelic hosts. We have to confess it with our mouth. If we believe in our heart and confess in our mouth that the Lord Jesus, um, has, that God has raised him up from the dead, and that he is Lord and Savior, we will be saved. That's the gospel. In the midst of this crisis, God is reminding us again today that he loves us, that he already made a way for our peace, for our joy, for our eternal salvation, not just for now. He didn't die at a cross so you could have a, a better car. He didn't die on a cross so you could have a big house. He died on the cross so your sins could be forgiven. He died on the cross so you could be reconnected with your Heavenly Father. The Heavenly Father created you and He loves you with an eternal love. And you had got separated from Him because of sin. And you have missed the mark. But today God calls us home. This Easter is so precious, it's so special. And it's heightened by the fact that the things that so many of us have trusted in in the past have failed. Or God has, uh, he has literally exposed the limitations or limits of things around us. Only He is the rock. Only He is permanent. Only His love for, for us will make a difference, not only now, but in eternity. He's a good God. And He already made provision for us. Hallelujah. Once this body fails, God will give us an eternal body. He promised that. I remember years ago, I heard a testimony of a great man of God. Um, he was uh, at home and he was waiting for um, 
for his wife, she was making coffee, the, uh, or rather, she makes coffee every morning, and he'll go downstairs and have coffee with his wife. But this time around, he didn't smell the coffee. So he went downstairs and looked for her, and he didn't see her. And so he starts calling out for her, and he went to the place where she was resting, and uh, she was dead. She had passed away. And this man, uh, God had used them uh, in great revivals, and um, God had used them to um, literally bring people back from the dead. And so he started praying over her body. He started declaring life to her body. And after a couple of minutes of praying, she came back. And she said, you know, this was T.L. Osborne and Daisy Osborne. She said, T.L., why did you pray me back? I was in the presence of God. I didn't want to come back to this place. It was so precious. And she started describing heaven to him. She started describing the goodness of God and the eternal realms of heaven. Meanwhile, he wanted his wife back. But when he heard her, he said, wow, okay, maybe I shouldn't have prayed you back. But um, later on, you know, several years later, she passed away. And this time he didn't pray her back. <laughs> Brethren, heaven is real. Jesus died for you. He died for me. And he wants to bless us, obviously, in this earth realm. Yes. He even said it in Matthew chapter 6, 30, uh, ch chapter 6. If we read through chapter 6, he said he, that he knows that you have need. You have need of a home. You have need of food. You have need of clothing. He says the Gentiles run after all of that. They chase after those things. He said, but I know you have need of that. He said, but seek my kingdom first and its righteousness. And all those things, I'll give them to you. But today, God is reminding us He's first. And you, you consider, well, wow, why does He want uh, first? Why, why is He uh, pressing so much on that? Well, think about it. In your relationships, don't you want to be first? If you get married, would you appreciate your wife hanging out with every Tom, Dick, and Harry? I don't think so. You want ownership of that relationship. You want her exclusively for you, in the same way she wants you exclusively for her. And God is a jealous God. God marries. He doesn't date. That's why the Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. He's married to us. When we come to saving faith in Christ, we get married. See, so it's a relational thing. And number two, he, remember the prayer what Jesus said? He, he said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven. He didn't say our great God. He said our Father. That's relationship. When we come to saving faith in Christ, we can call him Father because he declares that we become his sons and daughters. That's relationship. I mean, really, think about it. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing that you raise your children in your home and then they don't want anything to do with you? Think about it. No, God wants relationship. And Jesus said, seek his kingdom first. And all these things will be added. Remember, our Heavenly Father is the owner of all the gold and the silver of the cattle on a thousand hills. Our God is the owner. We are only stewards. Wow, he's a billionaire. Guess what? When he dies, that thing stays here. All those resources stay here. Don't go with him. He doesn't really own it. He has use of it in this earth realm. He has authority over it while he's in this earth realm. But he doesn't own it. God's the owner. So during this time of crisis, uh, maybe we might experience a temporary loss. But if you're connected to the one that owns it all, Ha, ha, ha. That's a big difference. He can turn that around in a heartbeat. Whatever you lose in this season, he can have you restored in the next season. So today is a time where we need to reconsider. This Easter is a divine reboot. See, it's, it's, a, it's a divine 
a beginning, new beginnings. Everything is new. A divine reset, as it were. So, bow your heads with me a moment. I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for our friends and family members. Thank you, above all, what you have done with us and for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking our place and for forgiving our sin, for taking our sin away, Lord God. Not just cleansing us, but literally expunging the sin where it doesn't exist anymore. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you have done in Christ. We love you and we praise you. We pray your blessing over your people right now who are listening to this message. We pray, Father, that you open up the eyes of their understanding, that they might see your love for them. Hallelujah. Bless them with revelation knowledge of the love of God, that they might see how deeply you love them, how precious that they are to you, that he would send his only begotten son to die on the cross. My God. Open up the eyes of the understanding, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ yet, if you haven't had that opportunity to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, today I want, I want to invite you to pray that prayer together with me. And for all those that are uh, there together with your family and friends, invite them to make this prayer right now, that they will come to saving faith in Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, this moment, I thank you for your word because your word is your promise. Your word is your bond. And you sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for me so that if I would believe in him and confess him with my mouth, believe in my heart that he is Lord, I would be saved. And this moment, I take a hold of your promise. I apprehend your promise. And I ask your forgiveness for any and all sin that I've committed in my life. I pray that you cleanse my sin right now. Cleanse me of any and all sin. I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I pray that you birth me anew into your kingdom. Receive me as a son and daughter. And I thank you because your word says that if I would come to you, you would not push me away. You would receive me. So, Father, thank you that according to your word, my sins are forgiven. According to your word, I am saved. I'm redeemed. According to your word, I am now a child of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, I want to know about it. Please go to the chat room now and give us your information, your name and email. We want to send you some information so that you could begin your new life in Christ. Because the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, all things are new. And there are some things that you need to know from the Scripture, some promises that will help you in your walk with God. And we want to also send you a New Testament. So please feel free to give us that information. If you made that prayer, we want to bless you with a couple of gifts. And we congratulate you. The Bible says that those that, when somebody comes to saving faith in Christ, there is celebration in heaven. Hallelujah. So I thank you um, for praying that prayer with me. And family, truly this is um, a time of newness. And I perceive that in the coming month or two, we're going to start to see some things normalize. But God has given us an opportunity to reach out to our um, friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, and share the gospel of Christ with them. Like the angel instructed these two ladies, God is reminding us today that it is our privilege 
and our responsibility to reach out to our family and friends, to reach out to our neighbors, to all that have a listening ear, and share with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we are on a same, excuse me, we are on assignment after this service. Now we got to go write our lists, continue praying for our nation, and write our list of people that we're going to reach out to, and we're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're about ready to close this precious service of this precious time. Um, I wanted to thank you once again for being a part and for uh, continuing your, your disciplines of meeting with us. We meet together every single week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. We're praying. We're praying for our nation, for our family members. And um, Julio is going to put that on the screen. And you could get that information also on our website, calvaryny.org. calvaryny.org. And I want to thank everybody that has made this uh, possible. We, we appreciate uh, ministers Tony and Belinda, um, that uh, they're constantly there ministering on Fridays and, um, and, and all that they do for His kingdom and for, his, and for God's people. And thank all of you uh, for uh, reaching out and, and, and reminding people that we have services uh, through Zoom on Tuesdays, on Thursdays. Uh, we meet with the men on Saturdays. And I'm sure that there are other things that we're doing. Uh, we have the, the children also meet with Johanna and the team. Uh, we also meet uh, with uh, Nate and Brenda. So there's a lot happening throughout the week. Let's continue to uh, draw our friends and family members to these meetings so that they can also be saved and redeemed and encouraged in their faith. And since we're, we've reached the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I want you to consider that as soon as you um, finish uh, seeing us here and gathering here, go to the church website, calvaryny.org. And as a part of your worship today, release the tithe and offering so that we would continue uh, to do the work of ministry and paying all the bills. And um, when all of this is done, that we continue to hit the ground like nothing ever happened. Uh, with all our bills paid um, and, and every form of ministry that we're doing, that it would be able to continue. We thank you. Thank you for it. Appreciate it. Receive a cyber hug right now uh, from your pastor, your under-shepherd. I love you very much. Have a wonderful and blessed rest of your day and an amazing week. And remember what the angel said. Go and share the information. Go and share this revelation. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time together. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you above all for your love, for your grace, for your tender mercies. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you endured for us. I, I still don't comprehend, I can't comprehend the depth of your love that you would suffer like you did for us. But I receive it. And I thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you are our Lord and Savior. Father, thank you. We love you. And we dismiss from this gathering right now. We do so in the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. Remember, you're blessed and you are highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. All right. Love you.
Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yeah. 